Hey good people, this is Sherry Nidam back with another reflection. And this is a personal journal for contemplative people looking to think, grow, and have impact in the world. So hey. My starting point is the struggle. I don't know if I should say the struggle or a struggle. But for me, I'm it is my struggle. And so I'm going to call it the struggle. Um, yesterday I attempted to do several YouTube videos. That's not true. Yesterday I attempted to do a YouTube reflection about having a high A score. ACE, A-C-E, which stands for Adverse Childhood Experiences. And I've already done that recording. Um, it's incomplete, but I'm wondering if I should upload it anyway. Because I don't feel like getting into explaining it right now because I won't go into a rabbit hole. So maybe I'll do so after the disclaimers. Um, that ended up being three uh, reflections. And it told me that I needed more time to move about in it. And I'm struggling. I'm struggling with a number of things, you guys. <laughs> I'm struggling with... Um, I'm struggling with a number of things. So I'm going to just leave it at that. I'm struggling with the podcast. <laughs> I'm struggling with some personal stuff. And mm, I was going to say I'm struggling with my INTJ-ness. And I don't know if that's I don't know if that's a fair characterization. But let's just say that, let's say I'm struggling with my INTJ-ness to give me a talking point. So I don't have this written down. I'm afraid that I'm going to forget. What did I just say? I'm struggling with the podcast. I'm struggling with some personal stuff. And I'm struggling with my INTJ-ness as relating to work. And I'm probably struggling with more than that. But we're going to just say I'm struggling. <laughs> so if you're new to this project, this is a personal journal where I process my inner and my outer worlds. I do so by using personality theory. The two theories that I use the most are the Enneagram and the Myers-Briggs. Let me flip that. The two theories that I use the most are the Myers-Briggs and the Enneagram. Pushing those two systems together, I identify as an INTJ-8. I also identify as an African-American woman from a lower socioeconomic background and from intergenerational trauma. I am a trained and practicing educator and social scientist and half of 30 years, almost 30 years, and half of that time has been in leadership. Politically, I um, identify as a critical race feminist, which means I have a intellectual sensitivity to the location of power as relating to social constructs such as race, class, gender, sexuality, to name a few. This project is unedited and is unscripted. If you want to know more about it or me, please visit my website at yournidom.wordpress.com. Okay, so I'm started, I'm struggling with the podcast because um, I need more than 25 episodes. Otherwise, 
to drop down to 25 fundamentally changes when I hit the record button. I'm struggling. I don't have a problem going back and saying, you know what? We're going to go back to 50. Or you know what? Because I thought about, let's do 40. Um, 50 to 25 is a major jump. So let's just do 40. Let's do 40, even 30. And the reason why I'm not ready to give up on the 25 episode goal, if you will, is because um, I really enjoy the writing that I'm doing. I'm doing more writing. Um, I'm going back. I've just been doing more writing and I'm enjoying the pieces that I put out. And I'm when I'm not podcasting. What I, my writerly life is healthy. So I'm writing a number of pieces at the same time. So I wake up in the morning, I open up my app and I say, and I spend time reviewing and adding to the pieces that I've started or I start a new one. And, uh, so the past three months I've released an essay once a month, not on my, not on the website that you have access to, but under, under my name. So if you have access to my name, you can go and find those essays. And I like it. I really, I'm enjoying my writerly practice. Like this routine, this, I don't even think it's a routine. It's, um, it's really a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle of, Working on pieces. And um, so I might be walking through the house, right? So one day I was walking through the house and. Okay, this is, you know how, you don't know what I'm talking about because some of you have been following me, you'll get this. If you're new, you may not get it, but if you've been following me, you'll get it. You know how sometimes I hit the record button and I tell you I have a list and I write, I give you the list of things. That's my writerly life. In my writerly life, that list of random thoughts, maybe one or two of those things, it'll, I'll enter it in as a title. So those items on the list become titles for me. And then I begin to develop those titles and, and start writing essays. Not all of those titles get an essay, but many of them do. So right now, when I'm podcasting with you guys, the only thing that happens with those items on the list is I read them to you and I talk about them. And that's, it's not bad. It's just, I love writing. <laughs> I love writing and I love, I love both. I really do. So having, um, the restriction of 25 episodes really frees up a lot of space for me to commit to writing those essays. And I'm enjoying that. I'm enjoying it. I'm hella proud of what I've produced. I've produced some really good essays, in my opinion. I think I'm a better writer than I am a podcaster. Maybe that's what's going on. I feel like I'm a better writer than I'm a podcaster. I definitely get more love from my writings than I get my podcast. But at the same time, I don't promote the podcast. With my writings, I blast them out on my networks. I have a lot of my networks shut down right now, but I'd still bless them out 
to people. I don't do that with this podcast. So the fact that I get downloads, the fact that you guys come and listen sometimes surprises me, even though I don't have a lot. It surprises me because you don't know me. You found your way to me because somebody shared, somebody that I don't know shared my content with you. If you guys have a chance, it would be awesome if you sent me a message to tell me how you found me. Maybe that'll help me decide how to promote the podcast. I don't know. I'm I'm not worried about it. What I am saying is I enjoy my writing. I I I um I am my identity is more tied to me being a writer than it is to me being a podcaster. I'm proud of what I do when I write. I'm very proud of my writing pieces. My podcast, I don't think I look at it as I'm proud. The podcast for me, this second one, the second podcast is personal. It makes me feel better. (laughs) It could be a feeling activity for me. And I enjoy it. It's personal. I get something from it. And if you listening, if you get something from me getting something, that's win-win, right? That's win-win. It's different. So anyway, I'm, in order to enjoy this podcast, I'm going to have to talk to you guys more. I'm going to have to talk more. And... I'm a, I feel like talking more than takes away my energy and my, my, both my, my physical energy and my creative energy from writing. So it's a struggle. I don't have an answer. I'm, I'm leaning towards changing my goals, plans and and saying this 25 episodes a season is just not going to work for me. It's not going to work. I don't like the episodes I've been doing. I don't like them because I don't have a, now I'm not focused. I'm just trying to give you this overall report of what's been going on in between me doing my recordings. That's not what, that's not. So anyway, I don't have an answer, but don't be surprised if you hear me, if you see me come back and say middle finger (laughs) to this 25 episode of season goal. I don't, and I, I said it so that I can do more. With my business and my writing. But this might be a good time to transition into my second struggle. Well, I'm going to jump to the third one. Because the second one, personally, is going to take a lot of time. So I want to end with that struggle. So let me jump to my third struggle. Because it might be a a really decent transition. Um, I'm dealing with an INTJ struggle. I don't think that's the best way to say it, but let's let's just play with it. You guys know I got a new job. What you don't know yet is I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. Um, and I might have hinted at it. It's been about two weeks since I've recorded anything for you all. And I think the last time I talked to you, and I have not listened to that episode yet, um, 
I might, um, I was, when I did that last recording, I was, um, on a conference. It was my second week on the job. Being at a conference as one of the directors, it was a, it was a bit much to be in a director's role in a job I had just been there for two weeks, not even really. It was a week because it was the second Monday. So, and I was getting to know my, uh, two, there are three, three of us, there are three directors. I was getting to know them and it was just interesting. I mean, I wouldn't say it wasn't intense bad. It was interesting. Um, I don't know if that's the last time I touched you. It doesn't matter. I'm sorry, you guys. I'm sorry. Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But since then, um, it's been two weeks since, since then, so I just finished my fourth week of the new job, and I am enjoying it immensely. Um, and I think that's destabilizing some of my INTJ-ness. That's not the way to say it, but let, okay, I keep saying, but let me say it. It's destabilizing some of my masterminding. There it is. And I don't know if it's a permanent destabilizing. I really don't know. And because to me, no employment situation is secure. So I'm really not excited about changing my approach to masterminding based on a job that I don't know how long I'll have. Do you guys understand that dilemma? But I will say that the pleasure that I'm getting from this job so far, now if I come back to to Monday and be like, what the hell was I thinking? (laughs) Be prepared for that, okay? But I'm enjoying it. um, If that I could see myself doing it or something like this for a while. Okay. You guys, I don't know how you tolerate me. I'm going to be really honest with you because this is the INTJ struggle that I'm wondering. So INTJs, we lead with a cognitive function called introverted intuition. That's speculative. It's imaginative. It's most of the time it's unconscious, it's future driven, and it's perspective shifting. It's just a lot of things that no one really understands, right? Most of what I've done as an INTJ with my NI Dom self is I imagine a future. I imagine a future and then I strategize to get there. I've spent most of my adult self imagining doing and masterminding um, a different way to do learning instruction for children particularly disenfranchised kids I've mastered 
I've masterminded that for about 30 years, you guys. And masterminding a better way to do instruction for children isn't something I've just imagined. With my TE, I have implemented and created evidence of this better way of doing teaching and learning instruction. (laughs) I'm just thinking about a conversation I had yesterday, which is going to lead to that final struggle. And I do not want to open it up, but I had another struggle yesterday and I'm laughing because this person, oh, she just annoys me. She annoys me. She annoys every fiber of me. And that is, that's a conflict or a contradiction because most people, when they annoy me, guess what I do? I stop messing with them. I don't stick around when people annoy me. I don't think I ever have, but maybe I've gone through seasons in my life where I've been more tolerant. But I, not a long time. I'm like two fingers. I mean, deuces, two fingers up. I'm, no, I'm out of here. But there's something about this person who's holding on to me and I'm letting her hold on to me. And I'm struggling about that. That's part of the third struggle. But it's not just that. But anyway, she said something. I was with her yesterday. She said something about, she keeps asking me what's next. So it's next for you. It's next for you. And I say, and I guess it's, I guess it's a very arrogant thing to say, but I can say it to you guys. You'll get it. I said to her, if I never do another thing, if I never accomplish another thing, I'm, a, I'm already proven. I'm already accomplished. I said, I have accomplished more. I accomplished by 50 than most people do in a lifetime. Now, that's subjective, of course, right? Subjectively speaking. There's so much more for me to do, so don't get it twisted. There's a lot. (laughs) There's a lot more for me to do. And I think some people could look and say, you haven't done enough. And maybe that's what she's saying. And I think she's very similar to my dad. This is my sister, my half-sister, y'all. You probably figured it out anyway. I'm going to rabbit hole. There's this fascination with money. I'm going to tell them I'm going to contradict myself a couple of times in this reflection. So just be prepared. You don't even have to call me out. I'm going to call myself out because I'm getting ready to contradict myself. Okay. But she has a, a fascination with money and bigness. I'm, I'm going to say bigness. Achievement. That my accomplishments may not register to her as accomplishments. That may have happened with my dad. I don't think so. 
And I don't even think this is the case with my sister. It's just a grandiosity. It's this grandi grandioseness, if you will, of wanting to just be big and achieving and just have it's just where your identity is located in the big. Okay. So when I say I've accomplished every I've accomplished a lot, it's not enough to match the grandiosity of their appetite. They have a grandiose appetite and their imaginations. Now, this is the contradiction. I, too, have big picture thinking. I do have an appetite for accomplishing big things. And I don't call it money, but when I talk to you guys about getting my large rows of toilet paper, excuse me, my large bundles of toilet paper, that's in essence what I'm saying. I want to have enough money that I can purchase things and not have to worry about if spending money on X will take away from spending money on Y. So that's the contradiction. I am like my father and my sister. Both of them, actually. Both of my sisters. I don't think my brother has this. But this is this is where I'm at at 51. And this is what I tried to tell my sister yesterday. I give myself permission I give myself permission to fail. That's what it is. I have never said that to myself, let alone out loud. This is an important breakthrough. I give myself permission to fail. So the next big thing that I'm I'm going after, if I never achieve it, it's okay. Because I wonder if a Pursuing a thing is not about the thing you're pursuing, but about the identity, the endorphins that it will give you for achieving it. You guys, thank you so much for being in my life because this breakthrough right here is what I needed in the struggle. I'm I'm making emotional. (laughs) This is exactly what I needed. This is it. So when I tell my sister, when I told her yesterday, when she asked me this question again, so what are you doing next? Stop asking me what I'm doing. Stop it. Because what you should do is go, damn, sis, you've, you've done enough. Don't ask me again what I'm going to do next. doesn't mean and I told her I said it doesn't mean I'm done but I everything that I have achieved and again you listen to me you might say you really haven't done anything what have I done written a couple you've written a few books (laughs) you know achieved a PhD 
uh, started a couple organizations, one in which gave me a, a, a standard, a high standard of living, a, a moderate standard of living for five years. I've jumped up and I've relocated and started over several times in my life. I feel like I've proved you know, when I this is this this is what it is. I feel accomplished as an INTJ. I feel like I have demonstrated my capacity to imagine a thing and to manifest that thing. I'm feeling emotional because my sister and I had another argument yesterday. It was horrible. And I'm just not ready to unpack that because it's just going to take me off of this greater struggle that I want to talk about. But I'm emotional because of that, just to let you guys know. And I think it's not just her. It's the fact that that's my dad's daughter. She's my connection to my father. I'd love to have a connection with her. But I can't because she brings a lot of the complications that I have with my dad, she embodies it. And what's so freaking weird about it is that she had a complication with him. And I'm pretty sure I, I bring that complication to her. That's the inheritance. That's what he left behind. And I know that he wanted to leave more behind. And he did for me. This is the point for me. My father left a lot of complication and wounds and pain behind. A lot of drama behind. He did. You guys, that episode I called Inheritance, I was driving. I haven't listened to it. Maybe it's a hot mess. But that's what I talked about in that episode. But in addition to the drama and the complications, my father left behind faith. Uh... Uh, courage uh, drive strategy imagination like these are the things about him and I really 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 want to hold on to that I don't it's important for me to hold on to the good things and be honest about the shitty things that he left behind. So I've been really working on being able to do both of those. So when my half sister comes around and she brings the shitty, it's like, what are you doing? I don't really want to enter. I don't. I don't want that. So I got the struggle with that is that I'm going to probably have to just cut her off. That's probably what I'm going to have to do. And I don't want to. You guys know a couple of years ago I did a, I was in a season of really confronting values that were in conflict. Which is really related to this INDJ conflict for me. Um, and I was experiencing my first major existential 
I don't want to call it a crisis, but conflict in values. I value this, I value X, and I value Y. I value both of them. And on most days, X and Y can exist in my life with complete harmony. Excuse me, but sometimes X and Y are right there side by side, bumping up against each other. And there's a contest between X and Y, and I have to choose. And I don't know how to do that. So it's best for me to create a lifestyle where X and Y can live not in competition with each other. But sometimes X and Y come face to face and they demand me to pick pick one over the other. In this situation with my sister, I value family. That's the FI in me. That's my tertiary FI. I value family a lot. But if she was anybody else, if she wasn't family, it'd just be an easy thing for me to let her go. It's the same freaking yo-yo roller coaster I had with my father in the last 15 years of my relationship with him. It's this push-pull. And I'm going to come back and do an episode one day, maybe. Maybe I'm going to write about it. Who knows? On attachment theory. Because that's one of those attachment. There are four attachment styles. One of those attachment styles. And I talked about this already. One of those attachment styles. I did talk about it maybe in that um, inheritance episode. One of those attachment styles is uh, it's like a push-pull. You want to be with the person, but then you want to, but you don't want to be with them. And then you're fighting with them. That's what she does. And then she, it hurts her. And then she said this to me yesterday. She's like, you treat me like you don't care for you. I, I, like you could just throw me away. You could just discard me. You could, and I try not to. Excuse me, you guys. I probably should be doing this recording right now. <laughs> oh, good grief. Because something just hit me about my father. I, I just got a breakthrough about my dad. I got it. I just had a breakthrough about something. My father tried to communicate with me and I didn't hear it until just now. Okay, I don't even know if you guys are going to tolerate this episode, but it is what it is. Unedited, unscripted, y'all. <laughs> the breakthrough was, um, so my sister yesterday was saying that when she comes around me, she tries to be very careful because she knows that if she does anything to upset me, I'm going to walk away. She also said in a separate conversation, all yesterday though, 
that I expect a lot from her. I expect too much from her or people. And my father never said the second thing, but my father has always said, I don't want this to go south. And what he meant by that is, I always, I always interpreted that to mean he didn't want us to argue, but I think what just hit me is that he didn't want me to go away. Okay, that's the breakthrough. That's what she said to me yesterday. And she's right. But what I've tried to do with my, my dad and with my, my half, <clears throat> excuse me, my half sister is I've tried, I tried to create a structure where we can be family without the drama. I try to put distance. And then me putting the distance makes you feel like I'm walking away from you and I'm rejecting you. I am sorry. But I do not have to deal with the chaos. That connects to the that third struggle, you guys. So this is what is a contradiction for me because I would, I suspect a lot of INTJs just keep to themselves. I don't know because I don't have a lot of, I don't know how much of this is related to my INTJ-ness or how much of it is related to the intergenerational drama, drama, uh, trauma. Drama, trauma, right? Um, I believe that they're in, inter, interwoven. And so, I don't know. I don't have an answer. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Because my, my sister, my double sister, my middle sister... My sister that I was raised with, she doesn't deal with, she didn't deal with my father. And they didn't, she just didn't deal with him. So why is it okay for her to do that and not okay for me? And I said this to my sister yesterday, I said, why is it okay for you? I said, why do you call me? <laughs> I don't mean to be. <laughs> this is an I. This is such an INTJ thing that because you know we just say things, right? <laughs> INTJs, we and it's not that I'm trying to be rude. It's just factual. Why are you? Why do you call me? <laughs> why do you call me? Seriously, why? Why do you try to stay in touch with me? If when you call me, you have a problem with me. We can make this simple. Stop calling me. Because she made a comment yesterday like, I don't want to do this. This is what I don't want to do. And I said, well, don't do it. By this time, I was getting upset now. <laughs> don't do it. 
And she So anyway, she, um, you know, she's like, I don't, this is, I don't want this in my life. Then don't put it in your life. And her, it, and she kind of looked at me. I said, because I don't, I'm not trying to be mean, but I don't pursue you. It's a shitty thing to say, but it's true. I don't pursue you. You pursue me and then you pursue me and then there's this conflict. You guys, I'm, anyway, I, I want to stay there, but I'm going to, I'm going to back out of that because that's an endless rabbit hole. Because I think what it is, um, what it is doing is, it's just, it is really something that I'm struggling with just in, in general. And, um, and this is what I try to talk about in that ACE, ACE score, uh, a YouTube reflection that I haven't uploaded yet. Um, I, if I don't, coming from trauma I've done a lot of studying about trauma I've done a lot of healing work with trauma and it's like um, a doctor someone who explained it to me when I was younger I broke my wrist from roller skating my wrist is healed but because it was once wounded it can't take um, what's the word not friction it can't take it's a word for it it can't take tension it's it's another word but it can't take um it's a word I'm sorry it just can't take um any kind of it can't take the same kind of force or friction that my my other wrist can handle so even though it's healed it's now weakened. That's what it's like to be, to recover from trauma. I, I feel that I'm working. I think it's just a lot. It's just a constant process. But I can't tolerate a lot of nonsense that other people can tolerate. I can't. But this is the other thing that I did last night. I called my friend who uh, she's a therapist I called her I was like I would have called her whether she was a therapist or not but the fact that she was a therapist is like a bonus because she was like you're an empath and you kind of you have to people will be drawn to you because you are an empath and they will bring that drama to you and you have to be comfortable with saying no and so then what I did last night is I started studying INTJs as empaths because you don't get that a lot. You see most personality types in the Myers-Briggs that identify as empaths are feelers. But I did a search on the, on the Google, on the Google machine, as my grandmother would say, go, go to the Google, go, go to Google. Um, and there are articles, there are, there are, there's, there's stuff out there that talks about being an INTJ empath. Um, and that could, that, that empathic side of me could very well have nothing to do with being an INTJ. Could have everything to do with being from intergenerational trauma. 
and as an intuitive. I'm pretty sure that's where it comes from. The introverted intuitiveness of me and the trauma of me that created that empathic side. I saw this with my my sister is drawn to that because she doesn't call my other sister. And here's this this is the this is what is complicated but not so complicated. She doesn't call her. I said to my sister, I said I said to her yesterday, I said, You don't you call me more than you call her. Why do you do that? Because here's the other thing. She calls me more than she calls my other sister. Yet she lifts my other sister up. My other sister is the fun one. She's the easygoing one. She's the pretty one, right? She's all of these things that my youngest sister lifts up. Yet she comes to me more. Why? And I was starting to suspect this, but my friend last night brought it into focus. She said, you're an empath. She's drawn to something something that you can do for her. You're a source for her. And hot damn. I had to, I've, I've done this before where I had to cut people off because I was a source for them. I know what that looks like. I know that I've been a source for people and I cut it off. I get it. And maybe, maybe I needed to have this conversation with her, my friend last night, and this conversation I'm having with you right now to get to the place where I'm okay with really putting distance between me and my sister because she's not really coming to me for relationship. She's coming to me as a source. You guys, I cannot believe I'm saying this. Like, this is so clear to me now. And all this time I've been spiraling because I value family. I value that that's my dad's daughter. I want to have a connection with her. I do not want to have a, um, um, a narcissistic relationship where I'm feeding something. And I can't get anything in return. Is that's what I was saying with her yesterday. She couldn't. I've. You know what? I'm not gonna. I'm. There's no way I'm gonna try to unpack the 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 three arguments that we had yesterday, but they were based on me trying to push and advocate for something. I was trying to. Here's what it was. I was trying to advocate for reciprocity. There was something that she was getting from me that she could not return. And I was trying to make a case to explain her. You know that thing I just did for you? When you started getting loud and you started cussing. And I asked you not to do that. You come to my house. You start swearing. You get loud. It gets to be a place where it's going to be a fight. I don't want that. Why do you come to my house and do that? So then I I have to talk you down. I got to talk you down. Talk you through it. And I do that because I'm the big sister. I'm 20 years older than her I talk her down but she can't return that for me because guess what I don't get I don't get like I said magnanimous I don't get big if I did that we would have definitely 
went into a physical fight. So I had to be the, the steady one, the mature one, and talk us through that. So there's no reciprocity. It's always me attending to her emotions. And she could say the same thing about me. But she wants something from me that I don't want to give. I don't. She says she just wants to be herself with me. This is bizarre. Because if you keep coming around me and you can't be yourself with me, I don't mean to be rude, but then stop coming around me. Because it's not like I'm calling you demanding that you embrace me and who I am. Who I am bothers you. And I do not take myself to her because I know she doesn't, there are things about me she doesn't care for. That doesn't hurt my feelings. That's not odd. I get it. I'm just an INTJ. I get it. I'm an INTJ8. And that's a hot mess, right? I don't take myself to her. But what does she do? She brings herself to me time and time again. And that's her own woundedness. Number one, she needs something. And I've I've been thinking, I thought about it. She needs something that I can give. But my sister, my other sister is there. Why why doesn't she go to my other sister? Because my other sister is not an empath. I am. She's not going to get, my other sister is not going to be feeder, will not be a source for her. Well, I didn't really want to work that through, but I feel better. (laughs) I feel better talking that through. That's just what it can be. Because I have, I have cut people off. It's, it, it, and, and on it, and truthfully, the people that I cut off, it took a long time for me to do that. Because, um, it took me a long time to understand that the relationship was not reciprocal. It took me a long time to get it, like to see it as a pattern. And it, um, when you come from traumas, particularly emotional and psychological trauma, what it does to you is it, it, uh, it destroys your traffic signal. So when you're driving a car, driving or you're walking and you, uh, confront a traffic signal, and you see red light, yellow light, green light, people who have not been impacted by trauma can clearly see red as stop, green as go. And can understand yellow as, you know, let's just proceed with caution. But when you're traumatized, that red is not red. Mm-mm. You don't see the red light. You see the red maybe as yellow. And in some, when you're really unhealthy, that red light is green. So I have been in relationships in my 20s, my teens and my 20s, when the red light was green. Not all relationships, but there were a couple. So I worked really hard. And then I got to a phase where red light is yellow. And for the most part, I don't deal with people. 
I don't deal with people where I have to be confused. I'm, I've done a really, really good job work. Even with my other family. I'm not playing with you. I have a, but this particular relate, this particular family member, my half sister is because she's pursuing me. Otherwise I'd put her in the red light category, but because she pursues me, it's very difficult. So I have other family members. They're in a red light category. They're really red, yellow, right? I go around you on the holiday. We and I spend time with you. I get it. And then when we, when I'm done, I'm done. I might pick up the phone. I call you. Hey, how are you doing? And that's fine. We are in a very self-contained relationship. It's very safe and structured. We're not trying to hang out with each other all the time. And maybe, and and, and yeah, that's that's a separate conversation. But that's it works because we're not fighting. We're not having arguments. We're, it's just not. But this this particular family member, she keeps pursuing me, and I really, really have struggled. I really, really have struggled with putting her in a red light category. I really have. I want. Here's what I want to do. I want her in a yellow light. That's where I want her. I want her yellow light, which means we talk. We talk every once in a while. Um, yeah, that's where I want her. So I have to be the adult now. I'm, I'm talking to myself. She and her trauma and her woundedness and her, her faulty, um, her faulty traffic light wiring. She can't put me in a yellow light either. She's got me at, at green light. She's got me at green light. I'm trying to put her at yellow light. And what we probably need to do is just red light each other. Are you guys with the, Are you with me in this metaphor? We need to probably red light each other. I want to, you guys watch this space because I'm, this was an incredible breakthrough. Um, it was really, really a good breakthrough for me. And now that I have this breakthrough, now I can make better choices and make better decisions. It was, Really good. Um, I feel incredibly, I feel better now. I feel incredibly better. <laughs> I feel better now. Um, and just to go back that, and I think this is the larger struggle that I said I was going to end with is I have done a better job with my traffic signal with people. And so the people who I've been able to do, um, green light with, are people who are culturally different from me. So then there's this racial component that is um, difficult. I will say, though, in the last year and a half, the universe has been sending people to me who are not black, but who have a, um, uh, a sensitivity of racial trauma, and they understand racism. So we are able to navigate that. See, the we inherit racism, whether you're black, white, purple, polka dot, it doesn't matter. We all inherit racism. 
we inherit it. That's the, it's particularly, it's global. It's a global, particularly if you're, if you're black, it's a global situation. But in America, it's especially pronounced. Uh, and so we come into relationships with that inheritance. And a lot of times we bump up against each other because we don't want to confront the racism. We don't want to confront what it means. We don't want to confront the work that it requires. So when I'm in, not always, but when I'm in black on black spaces, we understand racism. That what we, what we don't do enough of is we don't understand what's called post-traumatic slave syndrome. Right. There's this lingering trauma from slavery that has impacted black people. And it, it's a trauma. It's an, it's intergenerational trauma and it impacts us in a particular way if we're not aware of it. Right. So then I can go and I can deal with white people who don't have that PTSD, but then they have, they have post-traumatic slave syndrome and <laughs> from the other side of it. Right. <laughs> right. They, as slaveholders. Right. Um, um, you listen to me, you might have a hard time with that, but that's a different conversation. But anyway, so I'm not dealing with them as on the slave side of it, but I'm now dealing with them on the slaveholder side of it, right? So anyway, I'm very excited because over the last year and a half, the universe has brought people to me who have done this work around understanding slaveholdership as an inheritance, if you will. And so those are friendships that I'm developing and those are green light friendships. Those are green light relationships. Uh, but I haven't, I haven't been able to um, really establish a lot of green light relationships. Um, I have three. I have three black gray light relationships. <laughs> I do. And, but just even that as a metaphor, as a war, as a working metaphor is helpful because one of the things I'm saying, I'm, I need more because what I was saying in this YouTube uh, reflection that I didn't release. And now I don't know if it's necessary for me to release because of what I, the work I've done in this episode, but there's this thing called cultural alienation and cultural estrangement. And I, I would imagine that it doesn't just happen with black people, but I learned it in the context of black people, that this is one of the, the uh, manifestations of racism and oppression for black people is that it manifests as cultural alienation and cultural estrangement. And I am living that. I see the manifestation of that. Because what I have to contend with is a lot of red light relationships. A lot of yellow relationships that not, where we haven't negotiated the caution. Yellow says proceed with caution. We have not negotiated the caution. So we are red lighting it or green lighting it in spaces where we need to yellow light it because of the, the inheritance, because of the PTSD. 
And so I feel, again, that's a great way to bring closure to this reflection because that is really what the struggle is on the personal level. So that I feel really good that I was able to work that through. Going back to that second struggle, the INTJ, in terms of imagining big things. This is how I got into talking about my sister because I'm at a place where I don't want to. I want to give myself grace that if I don't achieve another big thing, it's okay. I want to love myself enough to say it's okay. I don't have to go from one great achievement to another great achievement to another great achievement because a lot of that achievement chasing is about trauma. It's about proving that I'm worthy, proving that I was here. And I, when I say I've already done enough, I'm, I already have accomplished. I already have established myself. I already am. Now, I am an INTJ and I'm an INTJ 8, which means there still are things that I want to do. There are big things that I want to do and there are things that I'm working on. But I don't have to say it out loud. Which there were things in the past I didn't say out loud. So this notion that I have to tell you what I'm doing. See, now that you know that I can accomplish and that I'm an achiever, you come to me for that. But don't come to me. Don't. I don't need you to have a relationship with me as an achiever. I need you to have a relationship with me as a human. Period. Period. I am. I am. And that should be enough. I am. That should be enough. And so this job. And I am closing here. You guys, I promise. <laughs> this job that I have. Um, um, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it on a lot of levels. I'm still an employee, so there are limits to that. But my, my big, uh, not big, I don't know if I'm ready to say that, but one of the things I'm imagining now is whether it's this job or a job like this, because now that I'm, now that I see myself in a job that I like, it's been a long time. I've, well, I've had jobs in the past that I really, really love, but it's been a long time. So now that I can see a new type of job that I like, it allows me to continue to pursue those. So if something goes with this job, I now know how to go after another job. That's more in alignment with who I am. This job is me. Okay. So far, so good, right? So far, so good, y'all. <laughs> we gonna see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I told myself 90 days. Uh, I'll know. I'll know in 90 days. Uh, but I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. And even if this isn't the job, I feel like I'm learning so much about what I need in a job that even if this job isn't the job, there are nuggets that I've learned in four weeks that I will be taking with me. That's a fact. 
And there were nuggets I took from the last job that got me here, actually. We'll talk about that another day, on another day. The relationship between this job and the one I just left. But, um, so now that I have this job or a job like this, my ima- my imagination is able to go in spaces that I haven't allowed it to go. Because my NI dominance has been so strapped with the, with my TESE dilemma. My NI self has been, uh, challenged because of me needing to be safe and, uh, successful in the outer world. And so I've had to use my NI for that. I've had to use my NI for survival. And I don't have to do that now. Not, not, not right now. So now my NI has been, it's free. So I made a decision with my, there was something I was doing with my business that was about survival. I made a decision to park it. I sent out a mass text yesterday letting people know I've parked that project. It's not over, but it will not exist like that. Because that iteration of that project was about survival. And I couldn't say that until just now. I couldn't say it until I parked it. So now my NI is free. And I'm excited to see what's going to happen. That was the struggle. It may not have sound like a struggle to you, but that was a struggle. So those were the three struggles that I was, that I came to talk to you guys about. I don't remember the first one. There were three struggles. I know one was personal social. One was the INTJ. Oh, and the, the first one was the podcast. You see what I'm saying, you guys? This is what this podcast does for me. It allows me to come in here and talk through things. Because I don't have these types of t- conversations. It's just a conversation with myself that you get to listen to. But it's different because I know I'm talking to people who are listening to me. It's a different experience. <sighs> so this was good. I don't know when I'll be back. I don't know if I'm just going to break the 25 episode. Uh, go. I, I want if if. If I need this, if I need this outlet to be successful and to work things out, then I'm going to do it. I'm going to forget the 25 episode uh, restriction of that place. But I really am enjoying writing. And so I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do. But watch this space. But I'm thankful that you're here. Thank you for letting me work through that struggle. It was real. Everything, everything I shared with you today was real. And I really appreciate you guys hitting the play button. Knowing that you're going to listen to this made a difference. And it allowed me to have some extroversion here, <laughs> if you will. Allow me to do some extroversion. So 
You guys, if this reflection has had any value for you, please give it a heart. If this conversation about the struggle, <laughs> um, <laughs> whether it's about and I die, you know, um, struggling. It's, it's all of it is a struggle in the extra, it's in the outer world, right? All of it is an external struggle. Isn't that interesting? The podcast is an external thing. IT, IT, INTJ, my work, like what am I going to produce in the world is an external thing. The relationship that's external, it's an external struggle. That's what I'm going to name this. When I said, am I going to say a struggle or the struggle? It's the external struggle. There it is. If you have had any kind of conversation about an external struggle or an internal one, please take this conversation, this reflection or this episode and share it with those participants. If my moving about in this reflection has caused some randomness in you, I would love to hear that. You can find me on my website at yourlidom.wordpress.com. Twitter, yourlidom1. You guys, I, I share articles on that. So go check it out. I'm up to 21 followers on that Twitter account. Do you guys remember when it was three? I'm up to 21. Woo woo. <laughs> um, Facebook and YouTube, yourlidom. I do have some cool episodes uh, on YouTube because they're short and to the point. Go check that out. Give me some love. Oh, and I'm up to seven subscribers on YouTube. I'm up to seven. <laughs> so I'm excited about that. Um, so anyway, um, you guys, uh, let me give you your assignment one second. So I'm going to ask you two questions um, that are not related really, but I'm going to Push them together under the umbrella of self-awareness. Um, so that's how I'm going to link the two questions. But so, but they are two separate assignments, really. Question number one. Do a diagnostic on your traffic light as it relates to healthy relationships. Do a diagnostic assessment on your traffic light as related to healthy relationships. Do you clearly see green? Mm. Is your green light really giving you the go-ahead for healthy relationships or is it giving you the go-ahead for unhealthy relationships? Does your red light work? Do you have a, is there a mechanism inside of you that says that is not a good relationship for me? Does your red light work as red or does it work as yellow or does it work as green? And I think that's, a, maybe I should say it that way. Like check your red light. Is your red light showing up as yellow or green? And I think that's fair. Because if that red light is showing up as yellow and green, then that means you're you're going into unhealthy relationships and you shouldn't be. But I think one of the things I've had, I have to, and I need to do, I need to work on is I, I also still need to work on my green light. 
That means there are people I should be drawn to. But because I have been wired for the by the trauma, for the trauma, maybe I wasn't gravitating to them. I wasn't attracted to those people. Like, I don't think that's the case with me anymore. I think it wasn't. It was, but I do think that one of the things, I'm going to take this assignment and just meditate on my green light. Yeah, I know I've worked to do on that yet red light when it comes to uh, this particular family member. But, um, and to, yeah, but I think, I think it would benefit me to spend some time thinking about my green light. Like, what kind of people do I want to be drawn to? And who do I want to be drawn to me? Just start imagining that. That's what my, that's what I'm going to do for me. I would invite you to do that for you. So whether you need to focus on the red or the yellow, or maybe you need to do both, I don't know. But just check your, your traffic light as it relates to the kind of relationships that are around you, the kind of relationships you want and the relationships you don't want. Okay. And then the second assignment is about your dominant function. And so I do know that some of you come to me, you're not an NI dom. I think I got a couple of TI doms that I have come to because you've interacted with me. Uh, but I would imagine that that's not the only case. So whatever your dominant function is, what if, just imagine, just consider this. Consider that you could be doing what I have done for the past um, 10 years and I didn't know it. What if you, you're putting restrictions on your dominant function and you don't know it? That you are holding your dominant function hostage. And maybe, not, not because you shouldn't, maybe there's something that your auxiliary function hasn't, I don't know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to open this up. <laughs> but what if there's something that you've been struggling with? And you have been, maybe, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it is about the auxiliary. Maybe, maybe, maybe it is the auxiliary function that um, is holding that dominant function hostage. Or those, the, the auxiliary and the inferior, those two functions that are opposite of your dominant function. So if you're introvert, that second and fourth function are going to be extroverted. That's going to be hard because it's not your preferred, it's not your preferred orientation. But if you are struggling there, then there might be limits that you've been placing on your dominant function. I don't know, but consider it. I read an article this morning that talked about uh, 10 things that NI DOM should do to make sure that they're and I dom self is healthy. And um, um, one, and there were, it was some cool strategies. So go find a way to test your, your dominant function as well. And I'm pushing both of those assignments together because what I'm really asking you to do is really be self-aware. Be aware of those relationships and your relationship to those relationships and be aware of your dominant function 
to see if your dominant function is on full blast in its full state as it could be, okay? All right, you guys, that's all I got for you. Um, thank you. Um, I have so much gratitude right now that you exist because this was a really good breakthrough for me. I don't know how many plays I'm going to get on this one, but um, I needed it. And so I really am thankful that you're here. You guys, it's been a pleasure hanging out with you until I come back. Be well. Bye.